Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. One final game left in the homestand for the Philadelphia Flyers. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks in a thriller. Let's talk about it all right now this is the orange and back check podcast with bill kornfeld and scott weinhardt it is episode 107 of orange and back check so glad you are here as always a guy across from me that wish he was at the season ticket holder meeting earlier this week scott weinhardt what's going on brother yeah i would have been more um Let's just say more assertive about my opinions than I already am now. I listen. I, some interesting things were said, and yeah. we're going to go into it for sure. But I, some one thing just caught me, and I was just blown away. Like why? Like why? Why would you not think of that beforehand in your yep. position? Yeah, there. I mean. Anthony Sanfilippo of Crossing Broad wrote up, wrote up a great uh, recap of what the questions were. It's always interesting that they do this uh, thing, the season, and it's a yearly thing. This isn't unique to this year because of how the state of the franchise, so they wanted to open the doors. This is a very um, good thing that the Flyers do. They've done it since the days of Ed, uh, Ed Snyder, and they've continued it this, and that's always a good thing that they meet with season ticket holders, and they really, you're not just meeting like, Oh, here's a picture with Danny Briere. Here's a picture or a shake uh, with uh, Valerie Camilla. Like it's legitimate questions. Like it, it's right. it's kind of it's not holding this the team to the feet to the fire, so to speak. But it's legitimate criticism. And obviously, I know the one that you're going to get into. The funniest one that I thought of, and I I I apologize. I and I was just at the game yesterday against the Blackhawks. Uh, up up in the in the press row i can't remember the guy that does the in-game hosting the gentleman that that uh has done it i think this was his first year but someone criticized the way he says let's go flyers like the ch- to start the chant and the season ticket holder fan said it's not let's go flyers it's Bum, bum, it's on the down, like he had oh the my down note and up note. I thought it was very a very funny criticism. And to their credit, they acknowledged it and they said, "No problem. We'll let them know and we'll see it." And I and I actually heard it. I don't. It, it kind of slipped. It, it, he was going in and out of it throughout the game yesterday against the Blackhawks. But he certainly like took that note and made it uh, the up and down uh, indentation that we were used to. Uh, at a Flyers game, which I, again, I get that it's funny to it, it sounds ridiculous that I'm saying this and it is, but it, it, it's something that like something that minuscule is being noticed by longtime 
season ticket holders. And they're being asked to be said, hey, why should I continue buying these tickets? What is sell me to renew? Someone legitimately asked them, sell me. And I think it was Chuck Fletcher that he uh, looked at uh, the question was asked, sell me directly on why I should renew my tickets. And that's where the hockey operations, I think, really took hold of what uh, is at least a bright spot. You could say we're not really sure it's an unknown bright spot for the future of this franchise. Like it seems like Fletcher and the scouting and, and Danny Briere have a plan. It's just a matter of can it be executed properly and, and correctly? Well, I'll go first off with the let's go flyers type thing. Yeah. First, I want to comment on that. Years ago, I was part of this forum before like podcasting and all this stuff where they would actually have threads arguing that. And I'm like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like you're <laughs> arguing how to cheer yep. for a team that you're cheering the wrong way. Do you do do you understand it's, what I am saying? Yeah. I mean, look at my face. Do you understand what you are arguing about? How to cheer for a team? You it's, sound ridiculous. It's the classic gatekeeping that we see in sports every once in a while of these people, whether it's um, you're seeing it right now with the Sixers, actually, not to the not very publicly, but I know that it's out there um, with bandwagon fans mm-hmm. try, because the team is good, obviously. And honestly, you sometimes see it with men and women, like women, women classically when they're trying to get into sports are just told, oh, yeah, tell me who the Flyers center was on the second line in 1982. And it's yeah. so uh, sexist. It's uh, so exactly. Awful. And it, it, it's it's gatekeeping to to one of the work. I mean, the different it, the, it's different from when you're saying, hey, tell me how you want to cheer. Let's go Flyers compared to telling a woman how to uh, enter into the sphere of, of sports. Like it, those are two obviously different things. But they're still in the indenta- the same nomenclature of gatekeeping. And it's a sad thing that sports deals with that, like, it seems like has no plans of going away anytime soon. No, it's nonsense. And listen, I, that's why I love the fact that the Sixers have a um, have a female play by play announcer. The fact that we could start breaking those barriers and stop, you know, saying like, oh, yeah, name me the Flyers. Oh, yeah. What do you know about sports? Like, shut up. Like, it's entertainment. Yep. People can like whatever you want. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It's nonsense. So anyway, that's my political commentary for the day. Um, <laughs> I, overall, what with, with the going back to the season ticket holder meeting, I thought it was really um, refreshing to hear some of the candor that yeah. Chuck Fletcher and, and Danny Briere were, were giving. And it shows me that I really believe just by reading that you, you can hear it. They know like this is an anomaly of the season. This is not the team that we built. This team isn't as bad as they, they think they, they are. They know they have to make some changes. They know they people are disgusted with the fact that it's been mediocre this long and they really want to win a Stanley cup, you know, and it's funny, like the Kings went through this back in the late 2000s where they had some talent and, you know, like Jonathan Quick was starting to come up. Dustin yep. Brown had established himself. You know, they had gotten on Zay Kopitar. Um, they really, uh, Drew Daddy was starting to come along. You know, they, they, they had guys where they were really starting to, um, you know, to, to build up, but they weren't quite getting there. They were getting knocked out of the playoffs early and all that stuff. And then they just go on this run in 2012. They started the season awful. And then next thing you know, they get in as the eighth seed, and then they just run train on everybody in the playoffs. I think they lost a total of like four games in the entire playoffs. Like, yeah, it was they, something absurd. I remember them like you yeah. knew by the by the conference finals, 
you were like, no, the Kings are winning this. Like, it, yeah, it, they were on it. They were steamrolling everybody. Right. And and going back and the reason why I mentioned that is like, you know, when I was up in the box this week, you see how like intently like, you know, you peer over a little bit. You see how intently, you know, just just how intense they're watching the game. Chuck Fletcher. You know, it's just crazy. I, to be honest, you're a quick side note. <laughs> I, I, I got off the freight elevator to go to the press road. Chuck Fletcher just walked right by me. I'm like, oh, that's Chuck Fletcher. Oh, geez. I have yep. to get used to this. Like, being <laughs> in person. But, but uh, the, you see, like, Dean Lombardi there and Danny Breer. And, like, when, when they're in intermission, they have, like, six screens with different games going on. They go over and they, they start focusing on them. And they really pay attention to what's going on. They're very active. And going back and putting it together and reading the season ticket holder notes, it instills confidence in me. Knowing that this team, they they know that this is an anomaly. They know this is something where they're really building towards it. They they have they have experience with guys like Dean Lombardi, who's won two Stanley Cups. They have Chuck Fletcher. Danny Briere is is a different angle because he doesn't have as much experience per se, but he does a little things more. It seems like on the scouting side and, and getting and getting the players and knowing what to look for. I think that they have the pieces in place to do this. It just took a couple tinkering in the offseason. That's why I'm fairly confident if they get the right pieces for this Claude Giroux deal. I really believe that this team is really going to rebound quicker than people think. We can be critical all we want about some of the players' way to performing now, but I really think that they, they really believe, they really believe that they have the pieces in place. They just got to get the right mix of it together. They certainly do. I actually, I actually almost agree with you 100% uh, on, on that. Uh, the fact that I think they are trying to convince, I, I don't know if it's a matter of trying to convince yourselves or just like legitimately this is what has happened. Um the amount of injuries that this team has gone through this season is just absurd. And they were asked about that uh, uh, during that season ticket holder meeting. I believe it was the Derek Broussard injury in particular. Yes, because he he was hurt, then he came back, and then he got hurt again in that same game he returned to. He was out another couple of weeks, and that was the, that. Uh, and now he's finally back in the lineup. So the question was, do you have confidence in your uh, medical staff? Because obviously they're rushing these guys back in, in, and then you have, I mean, it's not their fault, but you have Kevin Hayes finally returning to the lineup last yesterday afternoon against the Blackhawks, where he said he had a nasty infection yeah. in, coming from surgery for the core surgery. So it wasn't even a rehashing of whatever was bothering him in the core, but the fact that something went wrong with the surgery and it caused him immense pain, I imagine, and just not able to fully recover and just the fact, obviously, Ryan Ellis. So it's like, are they going to, they're almost, I think they're going to, what they're going to do, and this is obviously part of hockey operations, they're going to probably clean house on the on the medical staff in the offseason. I think they're going to do something what Howie Roseman has done for the Eagles over the last couple of years. Now, Roseman was different because that was weird because, uh, from what I remember. It was like three years in a row they changed medical staffs. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you, admit that I know every medical member of the franchise or for the flyers the last two years or four years, like, is it the same? It has it changed year in a year out, like something or that. I don't know. However, I think this year in particular, because of how banged up and slow recovery and just non recoveries, like in Ryan Ellis's case that this team has had, I think they're going to try They're They're clearly convincing themselves that no, we have the pieces in place. We just got to get them healthy and they'll be good. And that's why it, it sounds like Ryan Ellis is about to have the surgery too. On, I'm, I'm assuming his groin. I think I, I think that's what unofficially the the issue was for him. So, the, yeah. I, I I think that's what it's going to come down to. You try and move Claude Giroux and hope that he. At this point, it's weird to say that I hope, but I mean, what can you do if he doesn't move 
or doesn't waive his no wait move clause. If he doesn't move, if he doesn't waive that, I, like it sets back this franchise again, and you're you have to rehash the plan because Fletcher, I'm c- convinced, is banking on the the Giroux waving that no move clause. Yeah, if 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 he doesn't waive it, you have to resign him. You have to. I mean, yeah. and that's the key. You get that's the only other option is that. You're going to keep Claude Giroux for a couple more seasons or you're going to trade him for a, a haul. And I, I, I think at this point we, we could, we could say, you know, and nothing's certain in life, but mm-hmm. I think we can fairly say we're fairly certain that he's going to be traded. It's, it, it's just, it's going, it's time, yep. you know, and listen, a team might pay up a lot of haul for him, pay up a haul for him. And then next thing you know, in the all season, he could come back. That has happened before. It has, so, but you and I have both said that that's a less than 50% chance of happening. Yeah, exactly. Chances are he'll probably re-up where he's at, depending on how good they are. Yep. But this is also a, a point in where the Flyers are at, where they they need to get a a retooling package around him. And listen, you talk about, like, you know, why, you know, we, we broke it down a million times, like, you know, Kevin Hayes coming back and you know, obviously helps him up the middle. He moved up to, he was playing third line center yesterday Had a pretty, pretty I, good I, game. I really like that. He played the third line. Cause you saw, I mean, he had a chance on his first shift. He had a scoring chance on his first shift of the game. He had an assist. I believe it was the, the first cam goal if I'm not mistaken, but either way, like you felt the impact of what Kevin Hayes can do for this team when he is healthy. And I get, he's on the third line. So it's a little bit quote unquote, lesser competition, uh, in terms of skill players, but he's a borderline second uh, uh, center at this point. Not a borderline, yeah. but you overpaid him to be a second line center when he could arguably just be a third. So it was nice to see him on the ice, that's for sure. Yeah, and like he got the secondary assist in the, on the first goal. That's right. Goal. Yeah, so you. like, but with 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 Hayes, you know, third line, you're getting better matchups. It's going to be better for. Yeah. You know that. I mean, now eventually he's going to move up to the second line. You're going to need him there because you know. You're not yeah, Broussard. Broussard should not be your second line guy. Broussard should not be playing. Yeah, that, I mean that, <laughs> that's another debate. Yes, I agree. That Listen, I agree, especially uh, that, after the wild. Uh, turn oh, around. that egregious turn! Like you should know better. Like that is simple. That things like that from a veteran. That's mites on perfect. ice one hundred and one. Yes, like that. When I see that from a veteran player, that just irks me. That yep. just irks me. And you know he was mad because he smacked the stick after because he knows he screwed up. Yeah, like, he knows he did it. It's just the fact that he did it. Did it, it in the first it, place. It's just, yeah, it's like, you know you messed up, but you shouldn't have messed up in the first place because you're a veteran and been around that long. And my yep. God. Um, but, I, you know, having him back, it, it makes the team better uh, with uh, with Kevin Hayes. It makes you line up stronger. It makes the team overall better. You saw they had some fight in them yesterday. Like they really did look like they played like a really strong game. And look, Chicago, yep. Chicago is not playing well by any means. They had they had how many yesterday? They had two more, two, uh, too many, two, too many. Minutes. And apparently, I was listening to the post game show on uh, 97.5, the Fanatic. That was their fourth in two games. Two games, yeah, that's problematic. It's that means clearly. you got problems on your bench. That's, 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 that's especially because bench. I think I think the second one was for an extra attacker, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they put because they were pulling. They, they were pulling. They, uh, Lankin in. Yeah, they pulled Lankin and they go out there. That I had seven guys out there. I'm watching the game. Like they had seven guys out there, and it's not even close. It's not like they're even close to the bench. There's seven guys out there playing. It just. Yep. Those are those are bench issues that like tell me that that team also is going to go through some problems on their on their bench. Like you know, if your coach can't, if your coach is for them. 
in, in two games, that's that's plenty enough that you'd have for the season over the course of 82 games. Like you should have one once every once in a great while. That's a mistake. But my God, that's just that's shit coaching. Sorry. That's exactly what it is. Your bench is shit. And you need to, <laughs> you need to you need to re- revamp there. Um, overall, though, I like the fact that, you know, this team showed personality yesterday and that. Look, we talked about Mike Yo before. We know Mike Yo is probably not going to be the head coach next season. Yep. But apparently he called them out after the game on Thursday night, and they responded. Martin Jones was saying, like, did Mike Yo, did Mike Jones, uh, Mike Yo's message get through to the team? And Martin Jones just said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, it, it's it, great. I, and, and it shows to what the mindset of this team is, honestly. Like, yes, this has been a shit season. They're not making the playoffs despite these wins that they're uh, that they now have against the black the the win that they got against the Blackhawks. Like you're not going anywhere, but at least you're still trying to show some sort of fight. You certainly saw right. that in in against the Blackhawks. You didn't see it against the Wild. And when you got a guy like Mike Yo, it at least tells me that they are again. I there was a I I, I apologize to the tweeter, but someone put it out after. One of the scrums, I don't know. I, it might have been the one where Ristolainen almost killed uh, uh, Debrincat, or uh, he almost killed him. Like yeah. it, there was no doubt in my mind that this man was going to be killed if Jonathan Taves didn't yes. step in. However, Claude Giroux, I don't want to hear anybody, anybody from here on out for the rest of time, for the rest of the history of Claude Giroux and the, what we discussed Claude Giroux as in the past. After he retires or leaves this franchise, I don't want to hear a single goddamn word that this dude is not a good leader. This dude was getting into those scrums and defending his teammates and being the leader that we all know he is. And the fact that this narrative has all of a sudden come out over the last five or really, honestly, it hasn't been five or six years. It's been ever since they slapped the C on him that he's been a shit leader. I don't want to hear that narrative for the rest of time. It's bullshit. And the fact that we've we've let that small minority of fan base say that Claude Drew is not a good leader is uh, it's a, a, a disservice to what Claude Giroux has done for this team. You saw the leadership that Claude Giroux commands in that lock, locker room uh, last yesterday afternoon against the Blackhawks. And God damn it, I'm going to miss the hell out of him when he's gone on this team. Wow. I think that is the most impassioned speech I've ever heard you give on this podcast. Like I, I'm just, I'm just so episodes. over it, man. I, I don't like, blame you. I agree with you. I know. I, I know you, that, 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 that rant was obviously not meant for you. It, it's meant for those, <laughs> those random people that think that every uh, captain has to be this like big bulky guy, like Eric Lindros or Peter Forsberg or whatever it may be. Name your guy. Like, no, Claude Giroux can do exactly what you want from those guys all the same despite his size and he's shown that night in and night out for the last 15 years even before he was a captain like it's just it's just so i think of, of what's hitting me is that it's the end of claude like yeah. I, we've discussed it like we're at the end of claude Giroux. again it's the the one of the biggest disservices we've ever experienced for a philadelphia athlete not to have multiple chances at a championship He's only had one legitimate one, and that's it. And yeah. I, like that breaks my heart because yeah, nothing, nothing will, nothing can fix that. And that, yeah. that, that's that's what's shitty. Emily Kaplan had a really good uh, interview with him. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I was cutting onions. I yeah, had to cut I, some onions while yeah, I was watching that thing. It's hard. It's really hard because he's given everything he's got. Like it's not his fault that the the, the, the organization didn't build a great team around him. Like they really should have. But like I go back and you talk to leadership. 
there was one shift out of Claude Giroux's career that I will never, ever forget. And it's one that you probably won't even remember. But yeah. I'm saying, wow, this guy is someone where he's just going to do everything that he can to make sure his team wins. Game seven, the 2010 semifinals against Boston. Now, with just under two minutes left, the Flyers dumped it into the Boston end. And they're, they're, Boston's panicking at this point. They're trying to get possession. They're trying to score. They're down a goal. The Flyers are about so to So this come is back two minutes left in the game. Yes. Okay. Claude Giroux, for 20 seconds, keeps the puck by himself, one versus three against the Bruins, continually just outworking them, controlling the puck, burnt 20 seconds off the clock. That is huge when you're trying to come back late in the game. And to do it nonetheless in the game seven, I remember watching that and saying, that's one of the best plays I've ever seen, and nobody's ever going to notice it because yep. nothing really happened. But he kept the puck in the zone for 20 seconds, and he outworked three Bruins that were trying to take the puck away, a team that was absolutely desperate to try to tie that game so they weren't all on the bad, wrong side of history, but Claude wanted it more. And 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 I feel like when when things get going, you know, the thing is, is that I don't think people see that side of Claude Giroux that much. I yep. don't think they see how gritty he really can be. I, you know, against Edmonton the other night, there were some times where he was on the forge and he's throwing himself into the boards, like really trying to get after the puck, like trying to trying to score. And I'm like, man, like, you know, he's 34 years old. Like, and he's still going at it hard. Like, he's like, that's a, you know, he's throwing himself on it. Like, I, 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 I disagree with anybody who said he's not a weak leader. Because I'm, dude, I'm telling full you, effort every shift. I, he's given full effort. And I'm telling you, there's a second, a second wind in his sails for this. Obviously, he knows that he's on the back half of his career, obviously. Yeah. That's why we're discussing the fact that he's going to be moving his no move clause over the next couple of weeks because he's he wants a chance at a cup again that you yeah. can't blame him he's the yeah. chemo team in it now that we talked about a couple of years back when we were right. like we're not going anywhere get like chemo chemo team and get a chance and he went to chicago won a cup yeah. um the, he's gotten a second win because of with ryan his wife and the two kids palmer and um gavin like being a father you know this more than anyone between the two of us you get a second life i'm, I'm out of out of having a kid and especially 100%. when you're a professional athlete, like I can only imagine what that means for Giroux. I mean, you saw him a couple of weeks ago with with the oldest. I believe the oldest is Gavin, like just at the they were at the flyer skate zone having a great time. And they were at the um, all star weekend in Vegas. Right. right. You knew like you just see the passion in this guy's eyes, not just being an athlete, but being a father. And right. that pushes him to that next level that we're hoping to see or have seen. These last couple of weeks, and I, honestly, wherever he goes, not name the Penguins, and not not they're not going to trade for the Drew, obviously. But if the if the disastrous happens and Drew ends up on the Penguins, that's the only exception. Otherwise, I'm rooting for him no matter where he goes. I don't think that that would ever happen. Yeah, I did, but no, I know that's like obviously- actually trading for Sidney Crosby. I yes. don't think that Crosby Crosby doesn't <laughs> like the Flyers. Drew doesn't like the Penguins. If they they're undefeated, he going there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, look, I, I I agree. I, I think that. He's playing with an edge more than I've seen in the past. And not that he hadn't played an edge in the past, but you could just see it like when 
when you're there and you're looking at the little nuances of the game, like he's still giving everything that he has. He's there, despite the fact that they've lost so many in a row, and this season is pretty much what you could see him just out there still playing 100% to the top of his level. And, yep, you know, that's 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 not that's not something to look past. So, people who have the argument that, oh, well, he's not a good leader, you know what, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, so stop watching the goddamn game. Thank you. Moving yeah, on. no, you're right. And and honestly, I, I don't I, to be honest, I don't remember how we got on this tirade. We were talking about season ticket holders and they're and they're you went old. on this. You went on this. I know. I know. I know. Long rant that I've never heard you project <laughs> that much emotion into something like no, I just I, it's just one of those things where I yeah. think there's a lot of people. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I don't think it's a lot of people. I really don't. There's a segment are, of people. There's a there are a loud segment of people that yeah. they're you're impo- they're impossible to convince on what mm-hmm. like when when Scott like Trump frickin- supporters <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when when Scott freaking Lawton is your captain next year and I'm, and I'm not saying he's not going to be a bad captain if he becomes a captain but it's not going to be the same because Lawton doesn't produce to the level that you want from Claude Giroux and that's just going to be. Very a very different feel. Again, I'm yeah. just yeah. theorizing that that that's gonna be the case, and, and it's just one of those things. It's just it's one of those be, things. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting for damn sure. That's exactly yeah, right. especially because the guy that you thought was gonna be your next captain, whether that be Sean Couturier, Ivan Provorov, even you could look at a, like I said, you could even look at a guy like Scott Lawton. But these two favorites in in Sean Couturier and and, and Ivan Provorov, I mean, they're not. They're one's coming off back surgery and one's having one of his worst seasons over the last three years that he hasn't had any good season. So it's going to be very interesting on what happens to the Flyers captaincy. And again, it doesn't mean that much, but it still means something to an organization because especially because we talked about and this this is getting back to the season ticket holder meeting that we were discussing like they they don't really market players anymore. Like uh, last night, Correct. yesterday, excuse me, was the um, Marvel Superhero Day. And even then, the the most players focused thing was when they had um, it was Carter Hart because he got them all right or named the most. But I can't remember who he was going up against. But they did an in-game presentation of name all and name as many Marvel superheroes as you can. That was the most I've seen out of and I they did the little comic book things in the pregame and, and they were like this is this is what Claude Giroux looks like in the comic book this is what uh they obviously did uh Keith Yandel as Iron Man and and that was cool like that's fine but it's just one of those things where the season ticket holders are aware of it they know that there's no players being marketed to to us we're being thrown gritty in our face time in and time out as this distraction and look I said it on whatever episode it was the, the back in September. If you're not good this season, the town and the fan base is flipping on gritty. I mm-hmm. cannot emphasize. I couldn't emphasize that enough. That's going to happen. And it happened because your team is shit. And now gritty is the guy that you're pimping out to us going, here you go. Look at gritty. He's dressed as Thanos today. Like that's fun, but it's not the focus that I want. We want the product on the ice to be good. And I think I'm hoping I truly am that the season ticket holders got through to the brass, at least on the hockey operation side. Now, I will say, oh, I think they did. I think they did. I think they did. And I think they already started to seep into the business side because being at the game yesterday against Chicago, I definitely noticed a change in music choices. 
it, it didn't seem like I could, I could have a conversation with the guys next to me, the beat reporters next to me. And it didn't feel like I was being drowned out. They, they definitely, they changed up a, some stuff already that I'm hoping is a good sign. And I know you had one thing that you cannot wait to be changed for, for pregame and intermission here uh, for the Flyers. I, Cause I think a lot of fans didn't really think of it until this season ticket holder brought it up. And that was addressed in Anthony's uh, Crossing Broad article. You know, and that's one thing I was like, I did notice like when they were they were doing it, it was really loud the other night. I'm like, I didn't yeah, just like that before. And to what is brought up is like, I, I kind of thought of me like, wow, like you're right, it was really loud. I was trying to talk to the you know uh, the guys from High Wide next to me as well. Yeah, James. Ja- yeah. Jack was there actually. Jack, okay, so, yeah. yeah, Jack. Yeah. So I was trying to talk to him at one point. Like I had to, like shout. I'm like, it's way too damn loud. I'll say this though. You know, they're going to work on that, all that stuff, which is fine. <laughs> Excuse me. And it also doesn't help that there's no fans in the stands. Yesterday was a very packed stadium, I will say. It was one of the most – probably it, – it wasn't a sellout for sure, but compared to the game against the Wild a couple of nights ago, was nowhere near that. And, again, it's because of this Marvel effect. If you have these good theme nights, and this is the business side where they do do a good job, when you have a theme night, like Marvel night or DC night or right. star Wars night, you should get a good crowd out, especially right. at three o'clock on the, on a Saturday afternoon. Right. You, you saw that uh, yes against Chicago. And that, that right. was, I was, I was happy to see that. That's for sure. And that's what I like about like doing those, some of those promotions. Like it is good because they get, you know what entices fans to go and, and bring their kids out to the game too. Yep. It's an afternoon game and kids don't have to be, it's not seven o'clock at night where you're not gonna have like a four-year-old till 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 10 30 11 o'clock at night yeah i, I yeah. think that it's it's important that they continue doing those types of promotions on those mid-afternoon games especially one that's actually televised because i was actually watching like there's a good crowd yesterday it was good to it was see, it was a it was very good, good crowd it, yeah. it, it it filled in nicely i would say that's yeah. that's for sure and you and i were talking in our pregame show on twitter space uh like this is certainly not the game the fly or the NHL and the the ABC anticipated to have. They right. probably anticipated two playoff teams, uh, mm-hmm. contenders going at it in the midseason, kind of like the, like we talked about with Elvechkin on episode one hundred six. Like it's the dog days of the season. Mm-hmm. You're in the game fifty seven or whatever it is, and you're just waiting to get to the playoffs. But when you get a game like this. It can blow up in your face really quickly, but thankfully these two teams do not like each other and it worked out really well yeah. for the national television. You know, and a, a, a real quick about the business side, and then we'll talk on that because I think that the NHL should have more of these interconference games throughout yeah. the year instead of having two preseason. Let's do four. Let's take off some of the interdivisional divisional games and, and and let's make it it's more travel, but I like yeah. the fact that you know you could have an opportunity to see Connor McDavid twice I, and so, in in, in Philadelphia one season yes I, once I don't disagree with you I think I think that only happens if they expand again I'm talking like another franchise you bring back in a Quebec City get a second team in Toronto whatever the case may be like I, I just don't see realignment because as much as I, I'm not I, talking about realignment I'm talking no, no, about- no 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 what I'm saying is like I, I what I think they're what they're gonna do because because of their system being, they want to emphasize the importance of the interdivision games, not the um, interconference games. Like that's right. and that's sad. Like I agree with you, but I don't think they're going to change the formula just now because of how 
great the Blackhawks Flyers rivalry has become really since 2010, it seems. But I like, and it's a sad, I, I again, I agree with you, but I don't think that's going to happen until they maybe expand and they have to realign how they do the scheduling for that 33rd and 34th team or whatever they, the case may be. I just, I don't see it in the cards. And I, I, I really do wish that they would do more interconference games because that's yeah. good for the game, especially with guys like Connor McDavid out there in Edmonton. That's, for you sure. know, and I'll say this being and seeing in person, it, it, it Connor McDavid's is a very special player. He, is. he really yeah. is. He's really special, but I'll tell you what, Never noticed how good Leon Drysaddle was. Yes, he is an absolute force. Like yep. he's, I'm telling you, like he's right there with McDavid, and and that's crazy that he's that overshadowed with that. It's similar to the, um, the Crosby and Malkin effect because Malkin's always been a really good player, but I didn't realize how good Leon. Dry- I mean, I'm telling you, he got that puck on the first goal the other night on the bottom of the circle and just ripped it and just basically went bar down with it and like. Carter saw it the whole way. He just couldn't catch it. It was that fast. Yeah, it was too like, fast. It was yeah. just, I'm like, my God, like this guy is just a, just a force. Like getting in on the four check when he plays, like every time he has the puck, he's just super dangerous. I was really, really impressed by Leon Dreisaitl and realized that they've got a great one-two punch, but defensively, they're not that good. They got a good game out of Miko Koskin and they really did. Um, but uh, that's, that's something where I was really, really not expecting to see how good he was. I knew he was good. I didn't yeah. expect him to be that good. Like I was yeah. like, Oh man, this this guy's right there at McDavid. It's surprising. <laughs> so, um, but going back to the to really the quick on the on the business side of things, I yeah. think one thing about all the things about the season ticket, the one thing that agitated me the most, and more than anything, was when they said, you know, during intermission, you guys just put up uh, the logo and it bounces in the corner and stuff. Could you put on some NHL games? I don't know if it's a licensing issue. Like, oh no, it's not a licensing issue. That's really good feedback we should we should do that i'm thinking they used to do that for years i was gonna say they definitely this is nothing this is not a novel concept this is brand this is not new this is what everyone does right and i think what cracked me up even more is like i remember like back years ago like you'd go into the game like when they first opened up the doors and stuff and like they would play like the flyers like you know like little segments from like orange line or whatever all those programs oh yeah yeah they would would play all that stuff and the intermission they would do the scores and they would give highlights throughout the league and keep people entertained the season i think with like five or six minutes left then they'd switch over to the um uh the what's it called to the little little to the logo, logo, logo. Something, yeah some, some sort like of in-game yeah. presentation to keep the fans focused on hey you're also right. at a flyers game but after my so nice they just go to that logo and you're watching it hit the corner and it's every it's, single game and it, i looked it at the doesn't... clock i looked at the clock after th- between the second intermission but before the third period started to see when they started that little thing with eight and a half minutes to go yeah like that's, that's like, come on like we that's don't need time. eight minutes of a logo bouncing up and down no, to, no. to a corner absolutely not you don't you don't at all and i think that that's crazy where they think that that's that's a, that's a novel concept that they haven't done something like that like you're trying to entertain people you're trying to keep them in the seats like i think maybe the thought would be oh they'll go out and get concessions well you know what i don't think a lot of people want to go out there during that time during you know, all that stuff so I, I i was blown away by people who are professional sports you know marketing people and business people who thought that that was a novel idea i'm just blown yeah. away by that and that that that's the part that concerns me is the business side of that if you're if you think that's a novel idea 
uh, God help you. <laughs> it's true. On, it's not that hard to figure that no. out. We've been saying that for years. Like, keep people entertained during the intermission. There's nothing going on. You're just watching the Zamboni guy on the ice and someone sitting on the end of it. Like, after Mites on Ice, like, there's nothing. There's nothing, and they should do more. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing. They do the little they, they do do the fan uh, trying to shoot the puck into the net at the tar at the six targets. They have mm-hmm. two in the corner or five targets uh, corners and then the middle. But that, that but again, as soon as that's done, you got eight minutes of, of a logo bouncing in the corner back and forth until you, you cheer that it made it per- fit perfectly into the corner like that's Right. That's not going to that's not entertaining. And it, it's one of those things that. It shouldn't take a season ticket holder, no matter how long they've had their season tickets, to point that out to you. Correct. Agreed. That's the that's the 100% problem. Agreed. Hundred percent agreed. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like overall though this rivalry between, and we'll close with this. I mean, I was, I couldn't believe, and I remember how scrappy it got towards the end of of the game. Uh, of the Stanley Cup final in 2010 between these two teams, Chicago and, and Philadelphia. But man, I mean, I there was a scrum in the third period. I feel like every whistle, especially after every shot on net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's good for the game. Yeah. It kept the fans entertained. It kept everyone engaged. The press box was was having a, a blast with it. Like this is what we enjoy seeing in hockey. And when you have a crappy product on the ice, at least you have this to keep us entertained. And I, 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 my only thought process was, where the hell was all of this 50 games ago? I, you know what? I'm, I'm curious. I think it might have just been, you know, the team got reamed out after Thursday night's yeah, loss. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. And it seems like the, the message finally got through. Like, oh, wait, what the hell are we doing here? Like, you know, obviously we won't find out what happened, what was said behind closed doors. But obviously they got the message. And obviously yeah. they played with an edge. And that's really, really important to, to do that. And now it's just a matter of can they hold it up for this final. They have the one more game at home finally. Uh, eight game, An eight-game homestand. It's felt like it's been 15 games, the way this is slogged on for this season uh, uh, before yesterday, but before the Blackhawks game. But they have the Vegas, and then they're off to, I think, Carolina and – Oh, I'm, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I know Carolina is on the docket. Going, they're going. So they play Vegas on the 8th, then the 10th, they're at Carolina, and then at the Hurricanes on the 12th. So a week from tomorrow, they're in Carolina. Okay. A week from yesterday, they're in tomorrow, 3 o'clock start. So listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a bold prediction here. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to predict that over the course of the remaining 27 games now they have 44 points they're they're third they're 25 points behind washington for the second wild card spot i'm gonna make a bold prediction and say they're not gonna go like 20 and six and, <laughs> and make the playoffs so i mean yesterday was a fun game it was a fun it, game it was a fun game you get on a bad season that keeps you entertained and stuff like that but this team will regress back into its former ways um, and then they will, you know, continue, especially when it's a good they, team, because obviously yeah. Chicago is not that good of a team. It was just two crappy teams that hate yep. each other yep. that were beating the piss out of each other. And that yep. was like that was that was I knew that it was a rival boiling over. For, yeah, that's all frustration from each side, just boiling over to each team. I, I knew that it was a bad game when Sanheim was just ground and pounding some guy on the Blackhawks. Like, yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the hell is Travis Sanheim doing? Then you got TK in front of a. Uh, liking in, in in the net and you're just like well what can we get the two travises like the smash brother like the, the bash brothers like this is who <laughs> they should be marketing the two right. travises like right. that's 
that's a novel, easy thing to do. The two yeah. Travises, yeah. try and see what you can get out of it. But yeah. my God, that was a lot of fun. And and I mean, they have Florida and then Carolina, and those are two really good teams. And then yep. that, that the, we'll come back to earth. Like the, by the next episode, yeah. I'll be back in my depressed state yes, of, absolutely. oh my God, I can't yeah, believe. We all, we all will. Like, okay, and, like now we're just counting the days till Claude gets traded. Yes. And not just that. Actually, we're counting down the days till his 1,000th game. Because that's on uh, March 17th against Nashville, if all things go right. And I did, I, I know I said we were going to close out. Let's close out on this. I could not believe uh, I, I, there was a moment in the Blackhawks game. And I think this is what triggered the actually the animosity for particularly yesterday when Claude Drew took a hit and was slow to get to the, uh, to the bench. And I think I everyone that. collectively held their <laughs> breath, not just for the state of Claude, but the state of the franchise. Right, right. If this guy's hurt, you can't move him, yeah. and you're completely screwed. Yeah, like, you're screwed. Like, yeah. How do you? Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. And thankfully, he was fine. And he, like I said, he was showing his leadership once again. Yep. And that's all. That's all that matters. As long as he's scouting on the ice, I'm happy. I think that with Claude, you're going to see so nine, eight, six, seven, eight, nine, one game, one thousand on the seventeenth. So yeah, he, I, I with with that, I think that. He, you might see him be held out of the lineup after that, especially like the back to back. I think, I, I think, I think it's going to be similar to Wayne Simmons after the stadium series game against Pittsburgh a couple years ago. Uh, that was at the link. He played mm-hmm. in that game, and the next day, I think it was literally the next day, he was shipped off to uh, Toronto, wasn't it? No, I was it was not. It was Nashville. You're straight in Nashville. Nashville. That's right. That you, yeah, so yeah, I think it's going to be a very similar uh, scenario. Like yeah. Claude Drew plays his 1000th game on the 17th. Uh, March 18th, March 19th. That's the yep. end. Yep. It's over. Yep. I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm I legitimately, I think that. that's why, like, I knew Claude and Chuck have said that they've had conversations with each other. They, it sounds like they, he said, I want to go to a contender. Obviously, I want to win a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't think he's assigned, given him an official list. Uh, he just said his contender. I might be wrong on that. Don't hold me to it. Um, but as long as, like, but it's just one of those things where, I'll move my no move clause once I hit uh, a thousand games. Oh, and by the way, speaking of a thousand games, we just alluded to it. Congratulations, Wayne Simmons. Simmons. You you just hit a thousand games games. uh, played. And I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. You think about a thousand games in the NHL. That's really damn impressive, especially for a guy. And not to take away from Wayne Simmons, who obviously has done it for multiple teams, but to do it with one team that Claude obviously wants to do it with. Even more impressive, and and it's just a, another testament to the guy's character and dedication to this franchise over the last years. And if you haven't seen uh, Emily Kaplan's uh, five minute video with him, get get the tissue boxes while you're watching that. That's yep. all I'll say. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Yeah, uh, I, I, I with Wayne too. I thought two seasons ago he was done as an NHL player, and he held his own. You did. Yeah, he, yeah, and he, pull the and, tape. Yeah, he. Yeah, he, I, I thought he was done, and he he worked his worked his way through. I mean, this might be the end for him. I think he's got yeah. 13 points in 53 games. So I mean, he's he's got after getting hurt last year when he was playing very well. I think that that might have been it. But um, you know, he's he's got 23 points on uh, what's it called that. Uh, he's got how many? He's got 13 points in the season last year. He had nine in 38 games. So I think that Wayne is close to the end of the road. He knows it's Listen, the end, but at least yeah. He but you got to a thousand games, and that is nothing nothing to sneeze at you that shows you have established yourself as a premier player in this league for a very long time you know there's so many guys who can't even play one game in the nhl you play yeah. a thousand so i really give wayne kudos for that and it'll be nice to see quality do the same thing. yeah so congratulations to wayne simmons uh we'll wait till for that moment 
with Claude Giroux, hopefully on Jul- uh, March. I keep saying, I don't know why I'm on July. I'm ready for summer, man. That's yeah, all I can are. say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, March 17th is going to be hopefully his 1,000th game, barring anything, knock on wood. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 107 of Orange and Backcheck. Make sure you are subscribed to our Twitter, Twitter pages, Instagram pages, Facebook, at Radio Bill 1210, at Skatata, S-K-A-T-A-H, at Orange and Backcheck, at O Backcheck, Gmail, at, sorry, at O Backcheck on Twitter, Orange and Backcheck podcast on Instagram, Orange and Backcheck at gmail.com. If you have a fan question for us, we'll read you on the air. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Give me more highlights during the intermission, you imbeciles.